can't tell you how ecstatic I am to be the pastor of this church when uh, Kelly steps off the mic and everybody sings. Blesses my soul. Uh, unfortunately, in America today, if you do that in most churches, you might not hear a thing. But you guys have figured that out. And so thank God for you guys. I love it. Love it. So thank you for blessing my heart this morning. Uh, welcome to Camerville Community Church. My name is David Ertan. I'm the lead pastor here if you're our guest. Uh, a couple of housekeeping items before we move forward. Uh, something important happening, if you haven't checked the 411, uh, estate planning uh, seminar type of thing on Saturday, October 30th. Wills Trust, uh, uh, Power of Attorney experts will be here to help us through that. I want to say a particular thing about that because I went through probate with my mother's estate. Horrible experience, two years of my life that I'll never get back where a judge has to make a decision for everything you do uh, as, far as it relates to the estate. And so if you haven't figured out your estate yet, and the living trust, all that business, I think I got mine done when I was 30 years old. Why? Because it was such a horrible experience. I didn't want anybody to have to go through that for me. So if you haven't, haven't had an opportunity to look into that, on October 13th, you want to be here, look at the 411, and we'd love to be able to help you uh, moving forward with that in your family. And, and, and even if you're my age and you have children, you don't want the state making decisions for you and your children, and, and you're going to need a will for that to, to, to not take place so they know exactly what your intentions are. So uh, please look into that. It's a free kind of thing for you uh, that, that I guess we're having some experts provide here, so we'd love for you to look at that. So with that... Let's get to today. It's about 1913, 1913, uh, when Ford, Henry Ford, kind of invented the assembly line process or invented the, the factory process using a, an assembly line. He was able to take an automobile that used to be made in about 13 hours' time, and he was able to be able to produce that same automobile in about two and a half hours' time because he built this assembly line process. The idea was, think of a, think of a conveyor belt type of idea when you go to when you go to uh, Vons or Safeway and you go to go to you know bring your groceries at the end, they have this conveyor belt that brings it over. They put a car on a conveyor belt, and the idea is everybody in the in the assembly line would have their own responsibility that they would have to look over. So if I was in charge of the door, I do three screws for the door and I put on the mirror and the car goes by. The next car comes and I put three screws on the door and I do the mirror and the car goes by. I didn't have to worry about what was going on in the engine and somebody else did that. So everybody would have their own little job along this assembly line, almost like a car on a conveyor belt. And what used to take 13 hours to produce a car can now produce a car in 2.5 hours. And so for the first time in American history, we have mass production of automobiles. And because you can produce them on mass order, you can produce them for cheaper. And because they were cheaper, now America is starting to buy vehicles in mass. That started in 1913. As a result of that whole thing, the horse and buggy guy went out of business, unfortunately, <laughs> right? right? And, then, and, and, so, and then we started building roads and all these things, we have all these cars. And, and, and Henry Ford really was an American innovator who changed how factory productions happened because of his one little, one little tweak on how he could produce things faster. Years later, another company would come around named Toyota. And Toyota would take the same assembly line kind of a thing, and, and except for they would add one little stipulation to it, and that is every person on the assembly line had the opportunity to press this red button that would stop the entire assembly line. 
And so if it, the car was going by and there was a mistake, I could stop the assembly line for a short period of time so I could fix the mistake and then I could turn it back on again. In essence, saying that even the, 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 the shortest person or the, the smallest person on the org chart could stop the whole assembly line if it meant to make the car better. And so that's what they would do. They had, everybody had a button they could stop. And what they were able to do is introduce the idea of not only quantitative results, but also qualitative results. So much so that if I asked you today, which car will last longer, a Ford or a Toyota, you would say... <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. oh, floating down the river of denial. <laughs> but for Ford Toyota to be able to get there, they had to come up with it. The, the CEO types, the people on the top of the org chart, had to realize we need to listen to people who are below the bottom rung on the bottom end of the org chart, listen to what they have to say, and sometimes even if they say something that we don't want to hear, like we've got to stop the assembly line, let's let them stop it so we can have qualitative and quantitative results. I have a friend who worked in, uh, works to this day in a warehouse situation, actually a manager of a team of people who their whole job was to maintain the equipment to make sure the production levels were high. Uh, and, and his whole job is to, to, to get the team together and fix these machines so they can keep on running. He would tell me that people, the, uh, the higher-ups or the CEO types would come in and they would just rail on and rail on, we have quarterly goals and we have quarterly goals, you got to reach these quarterly goals. And he's always sending his men to put Band-Aid fixes on all these machines. And he told me, because the thing that's most frustrating, if they would just stop for a second and listen for one second, they'd realize that if they just give me two weeks' time to stop all production, that we could fix those machines the right way, and we would shatter all the quarterly goals for the next two years straight. But because they're so worried about this, this, this quarterly goal, this session that we're in right now, they're not able to see past that. If they could just listen for one second to some information that they don't want to hear, that we should stop production for two weeks so we can fix these things right, we could actually get better results long term. Better results long term. But you have to listen. You have to be able to hear things that you don't like to hear. Toyota was able to figure that out. And because of that, because they didn't ignore that information, they were able to achieve a greater market share of America's automobiles uh, in America as they sell today. Sometimes when you ignore the information that you're not excited to hear, it only ends up hurting yourself in the end. Sometimes when you ignore information that you don't want to hear, it's not pleasing to the ear, the only person that it hurts in the end is yourself. And yet if you could bring yourself to listen, you might be able to see the benefit in the end. And similarly, today we're going to look at how or look at what happens when we ignore God. 